Joe Langson of The Woodsman's Babe has been on quite a musical odyssey for a number of years, and he's come to share his story. We were talking about the change in weather between Ontario and Los Angeles, and I think you're probably enjoying it a lot better than we are. Los Angeles right now, it is completely sunny. It is 64 degrees. It's interesting. My girlfriend lives in New York City, and we go back and forth constantly. And she was here yesterday. But for the entire duration that she was in Los Angeles, it was rainy and gloomy and cold. But as soon as she leaves, the sun is shining. (laughs) And did she blame you for that? All of us out here blamed her for that. (laughs) Because I was in New York about two weeks ago, and it it was really warm. And everyone said, why is it warm when I am in town? And then as soon as she comes out here, it is cold and rainy. (laughs) So I thought that was interesting that we've been catching each other on polar opposites of weather, the spectrum, especially of Los Angeles and New York. Los Angeles, people are coming here for the weather. And everyone that is here is looking forward to sun, especially in early January. Um, I know my roommate right now is out surfing. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's kind of cool to be able to do that at this time of the year. Well, listen, let's talk about you and what you're doing. And I guess I'm going to commit a faux pas and ask about how the name The Woodsman's Babe came about. Um, the Woodsman's Babe started in 2011. I was recording the last My Children, My Bride record. In Massachusetts, we were all living in this cabin, and we were snowed in, and I was going through this difficult time of my life. I suppose I was almost ready to call it quits on my children, my bride. That lifestyle had really gotten me down because my best friend who was playing guitar quit earlier that year, and I had already seen the world I'd already toured, I'd gotten the taste of it, I'd gotten the experience, and I was ready to do something else that I felt was a little bit more my style and organic. Because, I mean, every band will tell you that they get burnt out on that music after a certain length of time, and I had certainly been the victim of unoriginal hardcore metal music. And is that why these band members get tired of it? I feel that band members get tired of it because, personally, I don't think that they make money. A lot of people don't make money. I was lucky enough to be in a band where it paid very well. I mean, uh, side note, I was talking to my buddy in another band, like just the other day, and he was talking about how much money I used to make in the band. When I was 19 years old, I had, I think, $36,000 in my bank account. I almost had more money then than I have now. And I thought that was such an interesting thing. So I was lucky enough to be in a, in a good spot. But I have been playing and creating music since I was seven years old. And I think I knew that was what I wanted to do with my life from the moment I started playing music. What a responsible guy, knowing at the age of seven what you wanted to do. <laughs> there, 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 certainly are, uh, there certainly were other endeavors that I thought I was really interested in, and maybe I just uh, 
overestimated my interest on a lot of those things. I mean, directly after high school, I was in medical college. But I mean, that, that quickly diminished once the opportunity arose to start playing music nationally. So, I mean, I had always created a vast range of music. When I was 14 or 15, I began creating ambient movie scoring music. And when I was 16, I got placement for Discovery Channel. Just ambient background noise. Cool. And that was, that, yeah, and that was one of my first tastes of what music can be. And this was something completely different than, you know, rock band. So five, six years into full-time rock band, it had been eating me up inside to the point where I knew that I wasn't being true to myself and I needed to really just kill that off because it was really all I knew. Being in that band was my entire life. It was my livelihood. They were my friends. It was everything to me. So the difficult choice to stab it in the heart and walk away, I mean, I was depressed over that for a long time. I guess I went through an identity crisis trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing. So the, the Woodsman's Babe really is this project that I and a buddy started because he was in this metal band at the time too, but he had wanted to do softer music as well. This friend, he's the son of the actor Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, yes. So when I was considering quitting this band, I'd be going over their house a lot. And I remember his dad was, we were having dinner and his dad told me, if we did softer music, that he would help us. And I was thinking, wow, this is probably one of the better opportunities that I'm going to have if I'm ever going to start something different. But you didn't end up opting to play country music with Billy Bob. Well, the, the funny thing is, the original music that I had written for this project was heavily influenced by country. It, I mean, it, there was banjos, fiddle, acoustic guitar. I mean, it was really catered to that. And a lot of the people that were helping us were in the country music industry. Um, I was living at their house for like two months writing music and just trying to get stuff going. But ultimately, I guess it just didn't work out. I mean, I'm still friends with them, but they were on to so many other projects at the time. And I just really wanted to do my own thing because I had spent the last six years collaborating with people and I only had a fifth of a say in everything. So it was really up to me to really say, hey, I need to do this because it is killing me if I don't <laughs> write all the music. I need to do this myself. So, I mean, that's basically where it started. I mean, it, the name, if you're asking about the name. Sure. I was at a used bookstore and I saw that and I just wrote it down. And I think I wrote down like 10 books of really, really interesting names that I've never heard of. Just something really obscure. And I asked my then roommate at the time what the best and worst names were. And I think the Woodsman's Babe was the worst name. But for some reason, I was like, yeah, I'll just go with that. Because I mean, it really means nothing. I mean, it's really just some stupid name that I kind of came up with. And I just wanted to be sarcastic. Like, I am not a babe. I'm not a woodsman i don't live in the woods i mean it's just something totally ridiculous but but you only lived in the woods for a short time in massachusetts 
that that short period of time is really all I have to say about the woods. Okay, take us back to the early days of Joe Langston. Give me the very first band that you were in. My musical journey, I guess, began when I was seven years old. I begged my mother to put me in piano classes. None of my family comes from a musical or artistic background. I don't know where it came from, but I think I just really wanted to play the piano. I don't know why, but I begged her and I was put in piano for a month. And then I just began learning piano on my own. Um, I composed little pieces when I was really young, just little songs that I thought were interesting, developing my own chord system. I guess finding my own chords was something that I've always been interested in. I never really looked up sheet music. I never really looked up chords, but I loved finding them on my own. So having that skill really did help me when I did start playing. Like like I mentioned, I began creating movie music, like scoring. And that was really interesting to me because I was 13 years old and I began creating full scores. Uh, This would be piano-based, electronic synth bass, and even orchestral. So that was my first taste of creating music. But there was always still something about being in a band, so I think I picked up the guitar around 13. I, I actually was born and raised in Los Angeles, but when I started high school, my family moved to Arizona, And we were in this small, small town called Bullhead City. And if you looked interesting at high school, like if you wore, you know, spiky hair at that time, you would quickly find who your friends might be. So I think I had spiky hair and some other kids came up to me and asked me if I played music. So I met this kid named Robert. It must have been like the first couple days that I lived in Arizona. And Robert and I started this rock band. It was, it was so bad, but it, we were young. We were so young. It was good for our age. But he had gotten this taste of performing music live. So once our band obviously didn't blow up, he left. He was on the internet. He found another band to join that was busy. And he ended up joining this band called Stars Are Falling which was on Blood and Ink Records. Oh, yeah. And Stars Are Falling did a tour with My Children, My Bride, and he ended up joining My Children, My Bride and immediately asked me to join. Like, he got in the band and he called me up and said, hey, we are looking for a bass player because we had been in this high school band together. So he knew I could play music and we were friends So that was really how it started from being in our little high school, terrible, terrible band. Then all of a sudden, like two years later, both of us are in the same band touring in Europe. I mean, it was crazy because I joined My Children, My Bride when I was 17 years old. Wow. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I, I finished high school. I started medical courses, but I think it lasted about one month until I realized that it was totally not for me. So yeah, I I just moved to Alabama, which is where the band is based out of, and started touring. My first tour was a headliner. It was so fast. 
music was really all I did in high school. And then a month out of high school, I was touring the world. Okay, so you're with My Children, My Bride. You enjoyed your time with the band then. Yeah. But it was really, it was the music that you didn't feel a connected part to. I Yeah, I, I understand why I did the metal thing. It, I was into it at the time. It offered me everything. The only success that I have with my project now is because of My Children, My Bride. I mean, I'm still close with them. I saw Robert uh, just two days ago. My old singer, he came over my house for New Year's. And it's interesting because I felt like I had lost all those friends because I quit. It turns out it was all in my head. They completely understand. They are moving on with their lives too. I think it was just because I had been, I I guess I would use the term burdened by being exposed to other music at such an early age that I loved all kinds of music. Almost every single morning I wake up and I turn on jazz. And I remember the dudes hated that I listened to jazz, you know, in the van. And it was such an interesting thing to me, like, how do they not like jazz music? I mean, jazz is the ultimate free-form way of music to express what you're feeling and there's so much emotion in there and they just couldn't wrap their minds around it. And I mean, I, I guess I, that includes me too. <laughs> I bet. Oh, you don't understand jazz. Jazz and country are just my two pet hates. Oh, Oh goodness. No, there's, I mean, okay. When I get in my car, all I listen to is country music. <laughs> I, there's something, there's something there that I'm still trying to, understand about it like i love i love all music i mean i i argue with my my girlfriend because she loves rap music and that's the one thing that i really can't sit still and enjoy uh but there's something in jazz such as watching a jazz saxophonist perform it's almost beautiful how much emotion is conveyed through that and i and i get it that it's not it's, it's not the most popular genre, but with music, I'm just burdened by loving all these other things that I really, really want to have my hand in that. After MCMB, I came back here and I was working on Woodsman's Babe, but I mean, Woodsman's Babe wasn't paying anything at the time. It still almost brings in zero dollars. So I got into filmmaking, film and photography, And I want to do music, but I still want to do photography. And then I still want to do filmmaking. And I still want to write literature. And I still want to do so many things. And it's really hard because I feel very burdened that I want to do so many things. You're effectively a renaissance man. But master of none has been no truer except (laughs) with myself. I, I mean, I hate that I can't just focus in on one thing. And it's a miracle that I have been able to make this music, this woodsman music, and really focus in on the things that I really want to do and make it sound the way I want it to sound, record it the way I want to record it, because I really have very little free time. Being able to do these things, it's, it's such, a, such an interesting thing for me. I'm now on my second record with this woodsman project. And it's kind of fun. 
it's fun being able to not really be a master of anything because it keeps my life interesting that today I might do music stuff and tomorrow I'm going to go work on a commercial. It's the diversity that you're seeking. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know if I just have a short attention span, but I, I just cannot sit in, say, a cubicle and, and work. I mean, I'm really not good at anything, maybe just besides creating something or that obvious cause and effect. Say, say like a dishwasher. Like, you know, I, I might be a good dishwasher because I can see the change. Oh, look, they're dirty and now they are clean. You know, I, I think that's the only thing I could possibly be good at. Or if there's, there's a blank canvas and now there's a painting, I'm the best. I finished it. So I cannot work for this larger, vague company. I mean, right when I moved back to Los Angeles and I was working at this studio, production company studio, I was basically in the office doing computer work. And it just killed me that I purposefully chose to occupy my time there rather than to be writing music. I'm so grateful now that I'm in a position where I can make film and photo and that pays the bills while I have free time to work on woodsman music. I think so often for someone who is creative, which obviously is you, Joe, that it's hard because they do feel stifled in a structured work environment. I, I have this really good friend who plays music, but he works at a restaurant and he has zero free time. I think that is such a tragedy when you're just not able to do what you love. You know, um, people that have to work. And I completely sympathize with that. I don't know where my next paycheck is coming in. That is a terrible way to live. And I, and I, and I hate that I stress over that constantly because I shouldn't have to stress over money. But that's just the way my life has flowed for the past several years. So the people that have that stability... I don't have that, but I'm so envious of it because they are comfortable, but then again, they aren't able to do what they love. If you if you go around to Los Angeles and you go to a restaurant, the guy serving you, he's probably an actor or wants to be an actor. And that sort of thing is kind of interesting to me. The, the LA thing is interesting to me because I, I feel like a tourist here still, like even though I was born and raised here, but... Now I'm an adult here in my mid-20s, and I feel like I'm barely discovering the place. So the L.A. thing to me is very interesting because this city is full of people desperate for their passion, which might be acting or filmmaking or being rock star. And you see that they are not doing it, and they're not making it. And I guess all you can do is kind of cheer them on and... Like, if you go to a West Hollywood bar, you're going to see some rock band guys from the 80s. They're, they're just living their lives, and I don't know what they're doing. Like, who are they? Like, what do they do? They're just hanging out at the bar still? Like, 30 years later, what is the payoff? I know, and it's almost that balance between passions and responsibilities, finances, you know, the drudgery of life. That is something that, I, yeah, I'm figuring out. I have a lot of friends here in L.A. whom are former band guys whom I used to tour with. 
I was living in Hollywood for the past three years with two other guys who also used to be in Christian metal bands who we all met on the road. And uh, all of us kind of came back to LA at the same time. And all of us were trying to figure out responsibility at the same time too, which, I mean, it's kind of funny to see all of us trying to adjust to sitting still, going to work, paying rent, and, you know, like not being on tour. And all of us are just trying to live our lives here and start while all of our friends, whom are already married, a lot of my friends have kids now, and have big houses because they went the college route. I think that's very interesting that I'm barely figuring this out. Well, let's talk about what you are creating with The Woodsman's Babe. The music is really hard to describe. You know, it's sort of folk, it's sort of pop. You know, there's even a bit of a retro vibe on the song Red or White. Yeah. How do you describe the music of The Woodsman's Babe? Um, I, I even struggle with trying to label the genre of my music because I do love all music. And there are songs on my albums that are more jazzy. And then there are some that are completely acoustic. And I look at my music after it is written because I try to record whatever comes to my mind, whatever comes organically to me, that I look at it after and I think, oh, that's that's what I'm making? Oh, I didn't realize that it was that kind of music. Okay, I'll listen back. And I think I'm trying to recreate music from a different era. I mean, I'm only going to be as good as the closest I can possibly get to, say, a Crosby, Stills, and Nash or a Neil Young. Like, I think that's what I'm searching for. I'm trying to do, but I'm never going to be that good because I'm trying to recreate that kind of music. So looking at uh, like a distant era, such as like the 60s or 70s, okay, in in the indie music world, like which I'm learning that I'm starting to be in, it's okay to have a 20th century fetishism to look back at the 60s and try to recreate that. You know, people wear that fashion now. I think I'm guilty of that. I think I'm totally guilty of trying to make music from that era. It's interesting that you brought up about doing the scoring for film because you actually included a song called Gasoline Rainbows on yeah. The Woodsman's Babe, which fits totally in with that. The, the Gasoline Rainbow song, that's totally a song that was written for a score. Yeah, it originally was. I have a bigger audience with Woodsman's Babe, so I wanted to showcase that I am capable of doing so many different styles of music absolutely i don't ever really want to be cornered into just folk pop um there was this music critic that said i write whimsical folk pop and i thought that was interesting because i thought i showcased a lot of different styles on my music but um yeah my music it it really is kind of hard to put it in such a category that expresses the entire album because I wrote a new album called Babeland. Every song on there is pretty drastically different, but they all fit together, which is strange. Uh, many of your listeners might know the band Haste the Day. So I'm actually having the singer of Haste the Day do my album. 
So I, rec- I tracked it all here in Los Angeles at this studio, and I sent it all over to Steven from Haste of the Day to mix the album. So I think that is a- an interesting thing, because I'm going with someone from a metal background who is now working on a folk record. I mean, an indie, <laughs> indie rock, folk, pop, whatever. So I'm very excited for the new album because people are interested to see what band guys make after their rock band ends. Uh, I was talking to this manager and they were curious to see what music would sound like from a a metal musician trying to make soft music. And I think this is what it's going to sound like. I think this might be it because Steven is obviously from the metal industry. I'm from the metal industry. And this is a indie rock folk pop record. <laughs> you just love messing with people. I just cannot sit still. I need to have it all over. I need to be all over the place. Well, you know, your label, CI Records, they've been pretty generous. And they've actually sent over a pre-release of the song Anxiety. And it's got a really different sound. So tell us about that track. I'm listening to a lot of French jazz right now. There's something in French jazz that I just discovered. I don't understand French language, but there's something about the dynamic between an acoustic guitar, a stand-up bass, and a violin I'm just so interested in. Uh, A lot of my new songs have organic acoustic instruments. I think there's a piano on that track, too, that I, I feel like it's really this homage, in my mind, to French jazz. Okay, this just sounds crazy, but like I'm a former metal musician and I'm trying to write this lazy French jazz song. A lot of my songs on the new album sound very French. I have a new song called uh, Les Mis Songs, <laughs> as in Les Miserables. Yeah, so the jazz thing is starting to emerge heavily on this record. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying something totally different that I feel is organic in some way to me. Because I like it. I mean, I'm I'm just writing songs that are coming out of my mind, and what it is, it is. Okay, Joe, can you give us the album name and when we might expect it? The name of the album is Babeland. The album should be done in three weeks, and my label cannot put a release date on the album until they get it in their hands. So I'm expecting the album to be out in April. I guess we should close up, Joe. What's the most important thing that has shaped you as a musician? The most important thing that has shaped me as a musician? That's a good question. I feel I have been trying to reinvent my image, my identity, because after spending all those years in rock band, I felt like I really did have a place. I had identity. I knew who I was. I knew what I was doing. But as you know, I left that and I was trying to figure out who I was because I was known as guy in Christian metal band. And I feel after doing that whole thing, I in some ways left that entire community um having that christian background considering that and looking at myself now i'm almost struggling with who i am still 
because, okay, a lot of the people on my internet are people in the church community that still tell me to come to their church or they miss me at church. And that's amazing to me because that gave me a sense of purpose. Okay, this is life. This is what it is. And that is truth. And I know that. However, I still struggle because now I'm growing up and I'm learning different things and meeting new people and I'm focused on life and progressing forward. And it's almost as if I still have my hand on it, but my body's being pulled away from the faith aspect. Um, I, I'm holding on to it, but I'm like in this storm and my body's being pulled away by everything else going on in life that I'm still trying to figure out who I am. I guess this question plagues a lot of people my age, especially artists, but who I am, I'm still trying to figure out. But I'm doing the best that I can because everything I'm doing now, I want to do it. I want to be able to make this music. I wanted to write this record. I'm working where I want to be working. I am where I'm supposed to be. But the internal battle over so many things regarding my background and where I'm going to be, such as, am I going to be a musician? Am I going to be a filmmaker? Am I going to tour more? Am I ever going to join a rock band again? All these things I'm still kind of burdened with. I'm almost cartoonish in some ways that I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, I'm this guy that doesn't really know what he's doing, but kind of floating around, you know? I don't think that anyone ever truly figures out what they want to be, what they want to do, or who they actually are. Because we all change as we become older, and different aspects of your life, different interests vary. And I think if you're not actually changing or growing, complacency takes over. And you're not really progressing as a person. Much of my faith... As a Christian, I have found primarily outside of the church. It hasn't been directly related to the church at all. Okay, well, here's one last thing, Joe. I've asked this question of Josh Goggin, and now it's your turn. If you're a coffee fan, where do I find the best coffee? In my kitchen. The best coffee certainly comes from my kitchen. And I will tell you this. (laughs) Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but... I am a coffee expert. Uh, A lot of people say that, yes, they love coffee and they need coffee. However, they did not have years of intense training because... So you are your own personal barista. I actually have the title of barista. One of the jobs that I had right when I quit the band, and I was down to like zero dollars, so I got a job at the absolute best coffee roasting company in the world. And I, and I say that wholeheartedly. It is really one of the best. It's called Stumptown Coffee Roasters. Uh, it's originally from Portland, Oregon, and they opened a shop up, coincidentally, the time that I needed a job in Los Angeles. And they hired me, and I didn't realize that it was such a like meticulous place. We trained just to learn coffee for months, and then we had to train to make coffee for months. I can smell coffee and know where it came from. So it takes me about 10 minutes to make one cup of coffee every day. I do it every morning. I I buy really expensive beans. I have a very amazing set at home. (laughs) I use good water. 
I measure it out, I weigh it out, I time it. It's intense. I love making coffee, and it certainly comes from my kitchen. Okay, Joe, so now you have to give out your address to everybody on air so they know where to go to get a great coffee. My, oh, God, no, no one is coming here. You can come here. Thanks for the invite. I'll, yeah, I'm going to take you up on it. Yeah, if uh, you're ever around here, we will go get some good food, get good coffee, talk more. Joe Langson of The Woodsman's Babe has been here with The Antidote. Joe, thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you so much and letting me ramble about myself. I just think this is really fun.